Okie dokie, let's start today's episode with one of these AI-generated songs, just that we know it's going to be terrible. That is shit. <laughs> like, random music generator, I think, could provide a better song. So, uh... Like, uh... Audio-wise. Right? Let me quickly, uh... This is... Okay, so let's see. Random song generator. Six free music generators so you can make your own music. Random song generator... As a random songs just they're copyrighted. I wanna get like here we go, samplette. Look at that. It says it's copyrighted, so we can't really legally do that much songs. But if I just went to like a keyboard internet thing, let's see. Virtual piano. Here we go. This is the theme, this is the theme, theme song, theme song, theme song, theme song, theme song of the show, theme song of the show, music, 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 theme song of the show, theme song of the show, theme song of the show. something something song close enough anyway welcome to our show hi <laughs> it's me jordan welcome to the weird podcast i do pretty much weekly uh how are you no one listens to this i see the numbers and that's okay so anyway, uh, today's episode is going to be a quick episode. Uh, did you see in succession? Logan's dead. Oh my god. Logan Roy is dead. Did you? Oh my god. Logan Roy is dead? Logan Roy is dead. Oh my god. Oh my god. Logan Roy is dead. Oh my god. That was my timeline all day today. Anyway, uh, I'm trying not to repeat the stuff that I saw last week with the AEW and the WWE stuff, but um, I, I all I could say following this up is people are still going to watch WWE no matter what happens. 
The only thing that, that could crash and burn it is if Vince takes down the company with him when he when he goes away forever. Uh, so that has been the wrestling update. Uh, next, the Mario movie. It's number one in the box office deliberately because they had an early uh, release date. So therefore it could get a bonk so it can get the numbers. No surprise to anybody at all. Uh, which leads me to the big question. Video game movies. What about video game movies? What about the video game movies? What does this mean for video game movies? What about the video game movies? What about the video game movies? You know, with the, with the video game, you know, Sonic is big and Mario is big. Does this mean Pac-Man is going to get a video? What is it going to be the video game movies? Does this mean that the woke have won? Does this mean anti-woke agendas? I don't know, it's really silly. I think you should just really like... The second someone's trying to play like the 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 culture war woke shit, just just stop watching that shit. Like it, it it's dumb. Literally, you, it, it, I, I remember back in the day, it was boy, I wish they would stop pandering and stop f enforcing agendas on me. And and now here they are, they flat out are pushing agendas on their YouTube channels to dipshit Americans. Who are we kidding? They're also Brits and some Australians, but mostly unhinged teenagers who are clearly going through adolescence, who don't know any better. And because they're antagonistic and they don't know anything else, they're going to be antagonistic to people who are just living their lives. And that's because they haven't really developed their brains very well. They're still going through a lot of high school. And a lot of others, which are mostly divorced dads, uh, who are going through a lot of shit as well because they broke up and now they do not know who the fuck they are. I don't know if you know this, uh, but a lot of people uh, you, you make their identities based on the things they consume. I've considered to continue reinforcing that time and time again. So for a lot of people, it, they're like a they're they're a Disney family or a Star Wars guy or like a streamer who does like horror games or something. But when it comes to like their identity, that's it. So when you get divorced or when there's a separation or a death in your family or a death, like you start clenching into these things that consume you to the point of you feel like any sort of small minor change is a big deal or any sort of thing that is not um, based on your growing up habits of being in probably an ultra conservative neoconservative agenda full of you know wasp culture you know white guys should always be at the top anything else is a fight for the western civilization because that's the culture you grew up with uh, means that anything is woke and that's bad and ah, son of a bitch. So anyway, uh, a lot of those people on YouTube are trying to go for the same pocketbook. I said this last week. So the best thing to do is just not fucking watch it and just sort of just see how embarrassing it is from afar. You don't watch their videos because it's all the same shit at the end of the day. The thing is woke and it's bad because the, the Bud Light, go shoot the beer cans. <laughs> what? 
it's that's the kind of shit that makes me laugh but that's unfortunately what happens to a lot of people who are let's just use their terminology being a bunch of beta cucks they 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 don't have much of a future that all they do is the things that they consume because it's mostly america and it's mostly product is their culture and therefore if the american capitalist country does any sort of political ideal of hey we think gay people are okay ah fuck hey we think black people they matter they shouldn't get shot what the fuck or hey you know women they should be paid equal what the fuck and like that's the kind of shit that gets them pissed off women should be equal to men flip them the fuck off i don't get it but it does but it's because it's a us versus them mentality a lot of these people i I will keep saying this it's sheltered it's a sheltered life that they live it's a divorced state of mind so they feel like no one loves them or they feel like because maybe they were being pieces of shit i don't know that they uh, don't love anybody so either everything's forced on the 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 girls the boys that they they allegedly have or the wife that broke up with them or something else while trying to quote unquote protect traditional family values it's very fun it's the kind of shit that makes me laugh mostly because it's the jerry falwell people from the 90s trying to boycott the simpsons and, and now these are the same people who will say, well, they're just, they're just woke now, but also they're against the, the feminists, so funny. And like, that's the kind of shit that I just am confused by. They don't have a thought process. They're reacting out of anger. You have to not take them seriously. You can't laugh them out because they don't know humiliation. These are Elon Musk baby brains essentially they don't know any better but unfortunately because youtube and twitter and facebook and what have you is this big platform these people are on the equal platforms of any sort of everyday person saying hey you know what disneyland is fun or boy mario movie's fun can't wait to see the sequel You, you get those same assholes in the same uh, algorithm, the same enforcement. And I do wish that, you know, at least places would get better, but they won't because, unfortunately, the dumbest opinions get the engagements because that's how you get the comment sections, and comments mean more engagement, which means more views. I'm saying basically what everyone should probably already be knowing right now, which is the dumb people are really dumb. They're not playing 3D chess. They're just sad people. They're sad, sad people who are trying to uh, have a second chance at notoriety. A lot of the people in the conservative viewpoint, whether it's a Gutfeld or a Daily Wire dork, or these are all failed screenwriters, failed comedians, failed actors. And they couldn't cut it. They couldn't they keep getting told no or they keep getting like bombing on stage and they keep like just going oh well 
Maybe it's not my jokes, maybe it's them. So they're trying to get their hive mind to do the same shitty four jokes about, I don't know, I identify as an attack helicopter and all that dumb shit. So, when I see things like the Mario movie, and it's like, is this woke or not woke? I, 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 what? Well, you see, John Leguizamo uh, is boycotting the movie because there's not representation. No, he's... You're, you're taking a dumb question that, that was asked to the guy, and it's a, a really silly premise. You're taking absurdity, making it more absurd, and then turning that absurdity into something even crazier. The way to make it even worse uh, happened to my friend Brian this week. Um, as I've explained, Brian was a Jeopardy champion this week, and really sweet guy, really nice person from Tennessee. Uh, and he uh, won a few days on Jeopardy, but the mocking of him having a mustache was he's Hitler because he has a Hitler mustache. Now, I don't know about you. I Maybe I know a bit about facial hair, but I think Brian's mustache goes along his lips. It actually kind of extends over to the cheeks. If you actually pay close attention to photos or any sort of image, it's not even a toothbrush where it's just right there between the nostrils and that's it. No. Not even a Hitler mustache. So I don't know where they get the he, he has a Hitler mustache coming from when he has a full-fledged fucking mustache. So it's a little bit kind of uh, defamatory. And then two, it doesn't even look like the mustache. So it's a fucking lazy-ass joke to try and do snarky snark snark. It, it's right there with the second laziest joke of you'll look like the Pringles guy. Like, those are your two lazy jokes. I said he looked like Tony Schiavone. Um, but he's, but Brian made the joke of he was trying to go for Higgs, <laughs> and I thought that was very good. Um, so it's very sad when you see you no know, Gutfelds making fun of him because he's leaving social media because he's getting fucking bullied for what having an actual mustache. Like, that's weird. And then two, then it's on SNL and Colin Joss makes essentially the same joke, and it's kind of like wow, let's double down on these really shitty jokes for my friend Brian. Okay. So, all I can hope for is to, you know, once again, remind people, these are just contestants, they're everyday people, they're not celebrities. And they, they do get harassed on the internet. What the fuck? I, I, he was a really smart player. I think he was one of the better ones. I really hope he gets called up for second chance week, so we can go into tournament champions, because he was really entertaining. Uh, but that's just the way it fucking goes. And I hate it. Anyway, this is a game show centric episode. We are going to be talking about In for a Shout, a, a brand new BBC game show, and also another game show. I'm um, actually, because I haven't talked about that show yet, apparently. I, I went through my Rolodex of game shows to review. All right, so first in for a shout is a family game show where two teams of three compete to name the most things. That's essentially the show. To make it even quicker, there are 10 categories, 
and each of the categories turn into 10 clips on a screen. And these clips are supposed to be photos, but they're more moving footage of people, places, objects, you name it. And you have to name them. And, every, and you have like 60 seconds to name them. And you go up a little price tree. In the first round, that's like 50, and then 100, then 150 to 200. And if you get to like eight or nine or 10, then it goes to 500. But you have to keep playing because if you take too much time or you pass, you drop a level. It complicates things to a game that doesn't need to be this complicated. It's And if you complete all 10, you get a bonus of 10 pounds for every second you complete. It just, it just, it's overcomplicating a very easy to follow game show. And an easy to follow game show is basically what is this? But what is this is stretched out to a full hour, which makes it very boring. It's not catchphrase, where the catchphrases are animated and you can try and play along and that's it. In for a shout, yes, you can just say the things on screen and play along. But that novelty wears off after 10 minutes, I would say. Like, it's it's the phases round in Bullseye, but with video, and it continues. It's the Ellen's Game of Game Hot Hands game. That's it, it's Hot Hands from Ellen's Game of Games. And it's a family game show where one family member does this and then the other family uh, plays with this and they go back and forth like Pyramid. But then there is passes where you press a button and you get 10 seconds of freezing the clock so you can see the image better and get a breath. It's way too complicated for a show that doesn't need to be, and it's stretched way too long for a game that doesn't need to be. I will say this is one of the more boring game shows I have seen in quite a while. I think the here's a photo, who is that? That's a nice idea for a round, one round, not a full on game show. And we are going to see Picture Slam coming soon in, in I believe, Channel 4 or ITV. And uh, here in America, we had Who the Bleep Is This, which was somewhat similar in terms of identifying a celebrity by a photo. It's, it's interesting for a round. Like, that's a round on Generation Gap. That's not necessarily a very fun hour-long scream at the TV thing. That's a bonus round on Remote Control. It's... It go it it uh, it's very lukewarm of a format, and it makes me very disappointed. This set also, I will say, is not really one of the better ones. It basically is dark set with LED trim, showing off tables and a screen. This is basically the color of money set, but this is 2023. And I think that game and that game show came out in like 2009, 2010. That's like 13 years ago. It doesn't scream fresh. It screams really outdated. And the format is still a bit outdated. Um, I get why that's the thing, 
but I think if you're going to do a who's this kind of round, I think that's better as like a mini game. Like if a thousand heartbeats was still around as a game show format, five celebrities, name all five of them and you win. Like something like that would have made more sense. Or five minutes to a fortune, you name 10, we stop the clock. That would be it. That would make simple. That'd be a simplistic format game, but no. It's stretched out way too long. In a way that is not really best. The the comedy of the show is basically when you don't know somebody, so you're just blind guessing and you're wrong. So then you go back and you're like, you think Adele is Madonna? Like that's the joke. It's very disappointing. Joel Dahmet Joel is the host, and I will say he is okay as a host, but this is not the best real show for him. I think he is better if there was a more of a novelty kind of aspect to it. He's a comedian, right? And there's nothing really you can work with in terms of comedy for this. You will need something that is more slapsticky, like a wipeout, or something that's more of a, a match game or blankety blank. Something that you can work with to do jokes on. Here it's who that was close, you survived, you got 10 right, and you had 8 seconds left. Or oh, you didn't survive, you got 6 right, but that's okay, we were adding 400 pounds to the bank. When. One team has more money than the other after a few rounds. The team of three must select one player to play a multiple game where they play the exact same game they've been playing all around, but is a multiplier where they can get half the same bank, double, triple, or quadruple, which means if they're successful and play the game perfectly, they get 5,000 pounds turned to 20,000 pounds. Woo. In the final round, they have to turn off 10 tellies by figuring out what is on the 10 tellies. Uh, they have 60 seconds to do so. When they get a correct answer, the clock stops. We take a break and then we keep going. Why? Because Golden Melody, a name that tune, does the same thing. It... I'm very disappointed in that as a as a show because I think it's it's there theoretically, but I think it, it's like one round rather than a full on game show. I think Joel's a good host, but this is not the right show for him. So it, it left me very disappointed. Uh, if anything, give him player cards right or something else. Something else would have been a lot better for him, but that's. This was not it. This was one of the, um, I'm not gonna say worst, but it was most boring in quite a while. This reminds me of uh, how uh, Partners in Rhyme, like the gimmick wears off midway through the show. And you're just sort of like, oh. Like one in six zeros is similar. Like, oh, okay. We're still going through with this? Oh, okay. It, it, it's, feels like a daytime quiz but they put it on prime time if that makes sense um and also has a very very dark set so it's just 
it's all off. The tone of it is also just... It's, it's the kind of thing where it is, wow, this could have made a much better board game than a like a game show. That's okay. Anyway, uh, I give it a D. It's not worth the time to watch unless you just have to watch every game show. But there are better out there. Next, let's talk Um Actually. Recently, I bought the Um Actually board game. It's a game you can actually buy on Amazon or on College Humor. As recently stated, I have resubmitted my dropout subscription and have been trying to back catalog a lot of shows. A few weeks ago, we talked about Game Changer, uh, one of my favorite panel-y game shows because it's improv comedy and all that. But we haven't talked about Um Actually yet. At least I don't think so. I, I was trying to go through my whole catalog of all the game shows I've ever talked about on game shows, I suppose. And I think I put this in the side pile because there's not a lot to talk about in terms of my knowledge of this game show. Uh, there's not a lot of, oh, this is innovative because... So I just kind of left it aside. But because this is a short form podcast, which could end in 10 minutes, I decided this will be the time to talk about um, actually. Um, actually is hosted by Mike Trapp, an improvisational comedy actor, and uh, I guess the host of this, uh, originally from New York, now here in Los Angeles. He was a actor and a writer for College Humor. When he came up with the idea of, um, actually, it was at the UCB Theater uh, at the time, which I think was like seven or eight years ago. The reason I remember it is because originally, um, actually, was not on College Humor. I think Mike Trapp uploaded the very first version of that on his YouTube channel, uh, basically at, during the UCB days uh, to try and gain traction. If not YouTube, it was probably Vimeo or Dailymotion or one of those, uh, Facebook. And it was basically to get traction for his game shows. The idea started out as a skit. It was not really a skit, but a real game show based on correcting people on useless nerdy trivia knowledge. So it's a nerdy trivia game with the joke being you have a statement but something is wrong about it and then you correct the statement and originally you ring in and you say um actually and that's the show uh and that was like i think like 20 to 30 minutes like they tried to really package it like it would be a game show like on for broadcast air like 20 minutes uh and they did one episode was the pilot and then they actually Reworked it into, I believe, the College Humor Studio or something, maybe on stage again, for an actual like broadcast pilot uh, with a few more actors, and they tried it again. I'm actually two, and that one actually also had a new had different set and looked really neat. And then uh, it got picked up for College Humor. Now the first, I think, two seasons, three seasons was on YouTube. This was the era of College Humor would have these shows and put them on YouTube and their website, collegehumor.com. And then uh, later would go to Dropout. Dropout was the Air Comedy streaming service. It came with around the same time as CISO, but not a lot of shows came with it. They had a lot of money, blah, 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 blah. Long story short is uh, Crash and Burn 
everyone got fired, but College Humor got a shakeup and Sam Reich got in charge and he had to basically restructure the entirety of College Humor. In doing so, he moved everybody to Los Angeles, he got a small studio, and everyone's basically a per diem actor-writer. Uh, so, the shows that are now on Dropout are all basically freelance work, but made under the College Humor property, with a lot of the cast from the early seasons, so Dimension 20, Game Changer, and um, actually are the three primary shows. There's a few others like Dirty Laundry, etc. A lot of the shows on Dropout are game shows or panel shows these days. Uh, Dimension 20 is, of course, a D&D show. I wouldn't say it's a game show. It's just D&D. But they're mostly in that realm of like a panel game show. Like Dirty Laundry is basically Dirty Little Secrets, uh, the board game turned into a panel show. And uh, um, Game Changer is this, as we explained, this weird comedy game show that could be a sincere game show, could be an improv comedy game, which in turn spun off to make some noise. Uh, and now we have um, actually, which I would say is a game show, but it's more played like a panel show, which is actually kind of good because if you think about it, they don't offer any prizes. I'm actually has no prizes to give out. That's not an I'm actually correction, that is truthful. Game Changer at least offers a prize, I'm actually does not. And it's played more like a panel show, uh, which I actually think, and this is where I'm going to start my review, is what makes um actually one of the best game shows ever created on the internet. I'm going to keep, I'll bang it on. Like, Game Changer, everyone's saying that because of things like the Escape the, the Game Room. But, um, actually, is the game show. It is the one of the best internet game shows out there. The only problem is, again, a few points here and there, but I'll, I'll, I'm getting really ahead of myself. <clears throat> so, Mike Trap is still the host. The game is simple. There are three contestants, sometimes pairs. I, I'm, I'm, I don't want to get corrected on the internet about this. There's sometimes pairs, sometimes teams, but mostly threes. And they have a slate of questions. These questions are not what is the blah, 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 blah. They are treated like statements about a show. Uh, for instance, uh, <clears throat> It'll say uh, Home Improvement was a sitcom in the 90s starring Tim Allen as Tim the Toolman Taylor. He works on the show Tool Time, where he demonstrates products made by Mimford Tools. His trusty assistant, Al Borland, always has the catchphrase, I don't think so, Tim. And that's your, your statement. You're like, well, that, that makes sense, but... I said Mimford, not Binford. And that's your um actually. So you ring in, um actually it's Binford tools, not Mimford tools. And then you would get the point. Now some of them are tricky like that. Other times it's we completely made shit up. Other times it is this is from another franchise, or it's the it's the wording. There are no other players. There is one quest. There is a, but there is multiple quest or there is no other ones things like that become the um actuallys 
and you have to ring in and form in the answer of an um actually statement rather than a you know like a jeopardy who is what is which actually makes the game a little funnier too because that leads to a jeopardy conundrum where somebody gives the answer you didn't say i'm actually ring in i'm actually is it this and yes that's the correct answer and you steal the point and it leads to some hilarious anger but mostly for laughs so, um, actually has themed episodes. There has been one based on reality television, which I am very thankful for. Professional wrestling, again, very thankful for. Saturday morning cartoons, the 80s, etc. TV, horror, you name it. They've kind of went to that area. Oh, anime episode, for instance. Uh, and that makes for interesting shows, especially if you have a certain niche that you really love. They have an episode about it, and even if you aren't the most diehard fan of Star Trek, you can kind of enjoy the Star Trek episode in a way that's very endearing. The reason being is their casting. The contestants that they have on Um Actually are not contestants. They are actors or social media influencers, people who are basically known to be funny on the internet uh which means that they are very credible and smart and hilarious and it becomes less about the prompts and more about the show or something similar that makes for a great conversation so uh some college humor people like brandon lee mulligan or siobhan they're there um but also you get people in outside worlds like in recent history uh my G4 friends, Frost and Fiona, were on an episode. B. Dave Walters also was on um, Actually. You have uh, Gus Sarola, who is, if you're a Rooster Teeth guy, was on there. And the McElroys. And the, 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 um, it, it gets into the, into the world of basically any comedic actor, improviser from the UCB. Uh, who has some sort of nerdy behavior on the internet or a podcast that's nerdy, but it's in the Southern California area and it's probably willing to drive over to a studio in West Hollywood for the low price of $100. Uh, we'll get to play this game show. Um, it's, a, it's an interesting show because while there is themed episodes, most of the time it goes into all sorts of universes. Uh, the basic way to explain the premise is three of these statements, you know, I just said like the tool time one or a in Magic the Gathering, a rule states that you can't do the and that becomes the first three. Then round four and every basically uh, every after every three question, the fourth question is the shiny question. The shiny question is like a shiny Pokemon. It's still worth one point. It's exactly the same, but it's a little bit rare and a whole lot shinier. And those become the fun uh, name the franchise where this fictional town is from or a what is this movie that we have altered or what here we can legally put like a fraction of a second of a theme song. What is the theme song for this TV show? And it, it's these very clever kind of pop culture games that you see in things like Geeks Who Drink or, or the other sort of nerdy trivia contests, but played more for laughs and played more cheaply, but more fun. Whoever gets the most points or in the most out of like 30 seconds scores a point and then we move on to another set of three questions and then another shiny question and then another three and then a final shiny question, meaning we've already gone through 
12 questions, leaving it to question 13, which is the real life skill challenge, which is I'm actually, but instead of nerdy bullshit, it's things like, you might know how to screw in a light bulb, but did you know that W stands for Watt? Watts are actually named after this inventor, Thomas Watt, who, and that becomes your little life skill. Um, and those are kind of like a great finale. Like it's the big switch up at the end. It's we've been through all these things and it's like, what's practical kind of behavior? Like uh, proper etiquette for calling a taxi or uh, proper etiquette for ordering at a restaurant or dining etiquette or uh, hey, are you familiar with this app? Well, if you do this trick, Things like that make for a real-life skill question, and I love that as well. So there are variations. Another thing that I really like about Um Actually is that they do involve the community. College Humor's Dropout community has known to submit their own prompts for Um Actually, which has been used on the show. And now, consistently, every episode has one viewer-submitted prompt, which makes it a very interactive game show in that regard. Uh, which reminds me a bit of things like who, what, where in Russia, uh, or things kind of like the old, like Double Deer 2000 when they had fan questions show up. Uh, it's that little bit of novelty, that little bit of just interactivity, but I think it goes a long way. To me, that is why I think I'm actually is brilliant. Because there is no prize, there is no stakes, there is no humiliation for the lowest score, there is no big prize for the big winner. There's no tournament structure. It's not like only connect. This is literally just here are some nerds. Here's some nerdy prompts. And then let's spend five minutes talking about the Evil Dead movies. It makes for a much better show because it becomes this sort of. I'd say geek culture situation, but like a quick geek culture talk about where it's like, hey, here's a video game I played. Uh, and these two haven't played it, and I want to talk about it. And they get really interested in it. Or, you know, I never watched this anime. Oh, it's really great. There's this thing in this. Wow, that's fantastic. To make matters even better, uh, they also have their own version of a dictionary corner on the show. Uh, <laughs> I like to say it's a dictionary corner. I don't know if that's really what you want to call it, but it, it is. Uh, and that is uh, essentially on the side, they have a guy with a laptop. I think Brantley Mulligan was in the first season. And then it's, uh, Sh Sh I keep forgetting the guy's name, Shazam. It's Shazam, yes, Billy Bastion is. <laughs> no, um, but it makes for, for a great sort of uh, interactivity because now here's your guy with the computer going through all the info to say if you're right or wrong or what could be a factual correction that we could have to do on the show, which could lead to bonus points, which also makes a show just like a panel show where you can deliberately give a point for any sort of dumb reason. Uh, so it is. A, so again, I will say this. This is a panel show, even though it's structured like a game show. It's supposed to be a game show. There is no prizes. There's no stakes. And because it's mostly let's joke about pop culture things and let's talk about our interests in a meaningful way, it actually is more of a panel show 
that's nerdy and American. There is no real way to go beat around the bush here on this one. We don't have many panel shows here in America. We we are terrible at British panel shows. We don't have American panel shows. Wait, wait, don't tell me is the one if you always look it up. American panel shows. It's wait, wait, don't tell me in At Midnight. Sometimes the Who's like this anyway. Game Changer is kind of a panel show, but there's not really a panel. And there was Game On on CBS, and then and, uh, it's the CBS, and it kind of has fizzled scores. But something like Um Actually, where its premise is nerdy pop culture, its contestants are comedians who are known for nerdy pop culture, and its host is this very lovely nerd guy. It makes for a very fun little easy watch. Uh, that is one part funny, one part play along. You can play along with the questions, which I find also very charming. Uh, to me, that's what makes I'm actually one of the better internet game shows. And here's the big controversial opinion. I think it's better than Game Changer. Game Changer, you don't know the game. So, I mean, that's the novelty. You don't know the game makes sense but they have repeated the games over and over again so it's more you know improv comedy it's going to be most likely the game but something like um actually you know the format there's a correction bleep um actually this and then we chat therefore because pop culture uh is stretched into multiple universes and multiple categories and you can have 18 different questions about Dragon Ball or Naruto or Mortal Kombat video games that means that you can always expand upon this genre of question because pop culture always changes there's always new movies always new TV shows always new video games so the questions can always remain fresh and this show can keep going, even if you're making 10 to 15 to 20 episodes a year. That means that you have a lot to work with, which makes it a lot more fun when it comes to creating these shows. These prompts can be more clever in their wording or their fact choices or even their casting of contestants, which means this is kind of one of the more brilliant shows College Humor, which is Dropout, has ever produced because there is no panel game show out there, but um, actually is a panel show. Even though everything says it's a quiz show, it's a nerdy game show, it's a game show, it's a panel show. The only thing that doesn't make it a panel show is there are no jokes set up by the contestants to read out loud or kind of work in. This is all off the top of their head and they're just saying what they believe, which is kind of clever in a, its own little special way. Um, because as you know, the rule state of a game show, you can't give anyone an unfair advantage over what's good. Anyway, um, actually I think is one of the better game shows out there. It doesn't really get its time in the sun. Every single time I see um actually brought up, it's usually from people who watch Dropout or watch college humor videos and they are aware of um actually sometimes you see it referred on social media because someone from outside college humor became a contestant and they aired it such as uh, critical role uh they had some of the, the people from critical role on and hey it works uh 
but that's like one episode. I barely even talked about it, and I'm not even a contestant or a writer or anything on there. But Um Actually is, again, one of the better internet game shows. When, again, when we see internet game shows, it's mostly in-jokes among friends, right? It's the, oh, well, we did this, and I'm busting each other's balls, and we're all good friends, and here's an in-joke, here's an in-joke, here's the snarky snark. Or it's a ripoff of Family Feud, or ripoff of Password, or ripoff of The Price is Right or a ripoff of match game, or they just are playing Cards Against Humanity, or they're just playing Jackbox. Um, actually, is an original format idea. It is correct the era, which is, I mean, if you want to go into, yeah, did that, had the correct the era, the blooper. But there's no underlines on what the blooper is on this show, so you could really get into heavy-handed things. Also, it's played for laughs. It's played for fun. It's played to have that, oh, right, I love this movie. I love this game. And that's the thing that I think is why it actually works is because it also celebrates 30 culture. This is the kind of show that, boy, G4 was around back then. This would have been picked up and played with, but nope. And I'm glad Um actually exists in the world of college humor. It is this very fun, nerdy pop culture show. Uh, and it has some amazing contestants play and it's just a heartwarming show if you understand that sort of slightly bent sort of situation it's great uh the last thing i want to talk about from actually is the set dressing originally the first season looked like a really bad bookshelf uh, it looked like a really like they went to the office and they had a bookshelf and that's it um but Lately, they have kind of what I would say is a more modern game show looking set where there is a couch, there is still the buzzers, but now the uh, backing bookshelf has more lighting and you can kind of now see the skewed props, uh, which I think is the best part of them um, actually in terms of just like understanding their own show, understanding the concept where it is things like Thor's hammer looks like a fucking hammer. <laughs> like, it just... Uh, or uh, Pokeballs are cubed, so they're not balls. Uh, there is uh, Than Thanos's uh, Infinity Gauntlet is like shoes with human feet. It's very weird, <laughs> very funny. Um, so things like that make for more hilarious, like prop comedy in a way that makes the set beautiful and again many of the reasons i love game shows is when you can break down multiple factors into the show you can find the charm and you can enjoy it more um actually has a set that yes is small but very charming it's not a dark fucking bleak set it's not even a it's a, it's like a skewed version of a nerdy pop culture scent because it's the shelf of shit, but all that shit is broken or bent or not real, and it makes it hilarious. It, it makes for a great game and a fun play-along factor. In fact, they even came out with a board game version of them, actually, which you can buy on Amazon, uh, and I have played little bits and pieces of it, and it's a very fun quiz game. Uh, and it also has a full 
amount of the questions that I call fuck yous, which make it even more funny, uh, that I think is well worth the purchase. So do yourself a favor and do watch Um Actually. I think that is one of the better internet game shows out there. Yes, there is somewhat of like continued things when they have returning players, but it, it does have a very good sensibility. It has very good sense of humor, and it does make you want to watch every episode a couple of times. The new season just started uh, with new episodes bi-weekly, I believe, on Mondays. Uh, so do check it out and drop out the newest season. I think it's very interesting and very fun. Now, let me get to the negative. Here are the few negatives I have for them, actually. One is uh, essentially the score structure means that eventually if someone gets like four or five or six points, they've kind of run away the game that the points don't really matter. Um, that makes the whole rest of the show especially around the midpoint if someone has a runaway game after the second uh, shiny game, it's worthless. There's no double points for shinies. There's no bonus points whatsoever. So it, it becomes meaningless about the game. And again, it doesn't fucking matter because there's no prizes. But if you're there to see like who wins the show, like it fucking doesn't matter. Uh, secondarily, because the casting is comedy actors who are in Los Angeles, your mileage may vary. A few of the pandemic episodes I watched, because obviously, like everything they filmed during a pandemic, had some really bad comedy, like really terrible casting people, and it just made the show practically unwatchable, even though Mike Trapp was trying his hardest to be making the show as interesting as possible. But they weren't engaging, they were just sort of quietly going, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember. I'm not winning. I am. Um, and we're taking it very serious. Like, oh, I'm not winning, so I don't care anymore about the show. Uh, even though I think the theoretical storyline of them um, actually is it doesn't matter if you win or lose. It's more about celebrating the nerdy shit we're talking about, which is the main premise of the show. Uh, so, again, casting is your mileage may vary. Uh, additionally, uh, I think the best thing about this show is its ability to do clearance. They have a lot of image rights. They do have a lot of uh, photos. Uh, and that takes a lot of money to Google image something and then air it. Uh, so it celebrates the fact that they've actually managed to do a clearance of a game show and managed to sell it for money on a streaming service. Enough that there's so many episodes that I think there's like 100 at this point that you could actually have some fun watching from beginning to end from season one onwards. Nothing has really changed so much from the format from season one to onwards other than the look of the set, the look of the change, and uh, mannerisms of Mike Trapp. Because in the early seasons, Mike Trapp was trying to play a characterized version of himself, which was the smart-ass geek. Like, well, you know, this is, well, you know. And slowly, I think around season two or three, Mike has kind of stopped doing that and just just himself. He's like, I don't know this shit, but you know what? It's on the card. I guess we'll give you the point, I guess. And it makes for a much more fun little show. Mike Trapp is a very fun host for this because 
He is very casual. He is treating this more like a talk show, a nerdy chat, versus an actual game show. And when he plays into the game of figuring out the prompts, he could care less if you know it. He, all he cares about is just what are you thinking the answer is, and are you saying I'm actually, just to do that little dig sometimes. And that makes for a very good show. I don't think we have that many pale shows out there, especially nerdy shows. But Um Actually, I think, is one of the better ones out there. It's the best internet game show at the very least because the way they handle its props, the way they handle its propped, its, its question format, its hosting structure, its casting structure, it's great. Many internet game shows just cast Twitch streamers and call it a fucking day. Even though they aren't funny, they're Twitch streamers. They're fucking annoying. I, I'm sorry, I, I I will get this out of the way. Name your price, I thought the first episode fucking sucked. Because they tried way too fucking hard. And slowly but surely, it found its footing when it got to season two. I thought that was when, oh hell yeah, that's good. Because they realized the premise of their own show. I'm actually never had to worry about those hiccups because they got it right the first time around. You know why? Because they casted comedy actors, people who do deep, who were on Dimension 20, people who are notorious for being comedy actors on the internet, who write about video games, who write about comic books, and are kind of silly and they're in the area. They have a podcast about comic books. They have a podcast about movies. They're on YouTube reviewing movies, and they're there. It makes fucking sense that they're on the nerdy game show podcast thing. So it's a lot better than just here's a Twitch streamer. We like them because they have like a hundred thousand subscribers, and therefore this will get us a blah 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 algorithm bullshit. Not necessary. Some of the people who are on uh, got like has like twenty thousand followers. They're fine. <laughs> and they were great on the show. Others, I'm not going to name names, are tinkering near a million now, and they were boring as shit. Um actually works, and I, I do suggest people watch a couple of episodes. It might not be everyone's cup of tea because the format is stretched about 30 minutes, and you might under, like get the premise and go, and that's it, eh? But I think because of the pacing, because of its breakdown into talking about the stuff, it makes the show a lot better. Where you're not really just sl slugging into 10 minutes talking about Chrono Trigger, you get a good three minutes and then we move on to the next thing. And I think that is perfect for the internet, that is perfect for this game show, and it makes for a lot of play along. Additionally, you can kind of edit a lot of this into a TV safe format. But you don't have to because it's on Dropout, where there's no, there is no ads. And you're supporting independent artists, so they can continue making more I'm Actually. So anyway, I'm Actually is, I would say, an A format. Is it in my top five? No, obviously not. If it was, it would have already been on there. But it definitely is one of the best internet game shows out there. I do recommend people do check it out, but again, your mileage may vary. It is one of my favorite shows. Mike Trap is a great host. It's a fantastic format, fun play along, fun jokes. It's worth the watch. I'm um, actually is an A.
or a, I will go four out of five. Just like how I would give in for like in for a shout a one out of five. Not good, but I'm actually it's good, really good. Anyway, that is it for today's episode. I I have to stop the audio now. All right, that's it for today's episode. We'll see you again soon for another episode. I don't know when. But until next time, this is Jordan saying, um, I, I, I wish I knew what the finale was for Succession, but I don't, I don't know what the finale of Succession is going to be. So, um, good night.